Do you want to do the opening? Do you no. Want to do you, you never do, do it. it. You've yeah. done it three times in the past. I and I'll do it another time, but not today. All right. Then let's we'll start this. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a hard time. That's this okay. Is... Maybe I do have to do the opening, but I I don't think I can. So you, you want do me to it. type you, it out for you? No, you you do it. <laughs> you want me to subscribe you to the show? You can hear it, and then you can just repeat it as it plays. I'll tell you right now what it is, and you can repeat it back to me if you want. I'll, look, let me try it since we're not starting. Let me. I'll, I'll well, we are, if you do it well, we'll totally call that okay. starting. Let's you do, do that. All right, All right, let's try it. I am ready. Let me take a sip this of water is just, in case I have Just to. from memory, I got no notes here. Mm-hmm. Let me know when you're ready. I will let you know. All right, I'm excited to hear you do this, actually. Okay. I'm do good it. for this. And I think if it, if, it, if it goes well, it'll become the new thing. Oh, Jesus. You ready? And if it doesn't go well, we'll go back to the old thing. Okay. So there's some pressure. Got it. You ready? I am. All right. Hey, everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, a podcast where we try and understand our present while living in the past. My name is Bob Canning. And I am Tim Blevins. And Bob... Yes, sir. That was more immediate. You made that sound really immediate. Immediate. Than, than like, how I normally say it. But thanks for starting it. Yeah. Did I get it? I got it word for word or, or You got I, it good enough. Good enough. We'll say you got that pretty well. Okay. You did the opening pretty well. I'm just glad that we got started. I know. I'm sorry. I was holding <laughs> us back. But but we're, 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 we're going. We're rolling. And we might as well keep that momentum, right? I like, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I thought, um, you know, we're in the summer. And summer is kind of used to be, at least, the time of movies. Um, I thought what we could do is maybe talk about, uh, for a couple episodes, actually, um, sequels, maybe movie sequels. And before we do, because it kind of comes up, I'm curious. There's two words here uh, that I'm curious about. I'm wondering if, if, if you feel there's a difference. There, there are sequels to movies, and then there are movie trilogies, Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like there's a little bit of a difference between them. As a kid in the 80s, let's say, as a kid growing up in the 1980s, were you aware of either term, sequel, or trilogy? Um, I probably was. Um, yeah. Did, I'm curious, do you think the trilogy is a tr- – like are trilogies expected at some point? Or is there a sequel, and then the sequel does so well that they have another sequel? I think I can go both ways, and I think some. I'm, I'm saying this because I think the '80s gave us a couple really great trilogies, and gave us some great sequels. And I think within that, I, I, I think there's two examples of what you're saying here. I mean, obviously, first time I would have encountered the idea of a trilogy as a child about you know three movies telling a story would have been the Star Wars trilogy, right? Star Wars: The Return of the Jedi. Easy and, um, and I think I knew that. I think I knew the word at that time. And that's something where I think it was started just as a one-off film with the possibility of others, but it was a one-time film. But I think, yeah, I think it went into it knowing there'd be a second and third part. Like, that's pretty clear. Um, Another trilogy that I think uh, kind of goes the length of the 80s from start to finish is the Indiana Jones trilogy. I know there's more now. Now that I was thinking about that, I don't see that as a trilogy so much as sequels. 
You do. So there is, that's what I'm saying. There is a difference. What's, what's the difference you're seeing here? How are the concept of, of like Last Crusade and uh, Temple of Doom are sequels to Raiders of the Lost Ark, but you wouldn't call that a trilogy? No. And you said it when you, when you talked about Star Wars is that you're telling a longer story across three movies. Whereas I think the Indiana Jones movies are the same character, but different standalone stories. But there's a connection. Like, and we talked earlier this year, we talked about uh, The Last Crusade. And I feel like Last Crusade requires the existence of at least Rangers of the Lost Ark to work. And it, it, that's true because of the characters, but not because of the story. Like, you don't need to know what happened in the, the mines in, in Temple of Doom. You just need to have some familiarity with what this character has gone through. And I think we talked about on that podcast that you could pull Temple of Doom out of that, I think, and and do Raiders and still understand and appreciate uh, Last Crusade. Whereas Star Wars, um, especially with the second movie, builds a longer story. Like, like you said, Star Wars could have stood on its own, A New Hope. Um, but because of its success, there was a sequel. The sequel introduced the longer story into the the third film. So that becomes a trilogy. And at that point, and maybe this is just semantics, I don't mean to be arguing over the words, but at that point, do you think of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? I, I, I guess they are, but do you consider them sequels to Star Wars? Um, yeah, they're sequels. It's semantics for sure. But yeah, they're sequels because they are, by definition, follow-ups. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess as a kid with these words, and, and I'm getting to it because we're going to be talking about, like what we're talking about today is, is part of a trilogy, the other major trilogy I can think of the 80s. The concept of a sequel, I guess, didn't have, and I think you just said this, didn't have the idea that it was going to be over. You can keep making sequels to the end of time. That's maybe where I draw the distinction. I know that's, again, it's just playing around with the words there, what they are, but like James Bond is constant sequels because you can keep making them. At the time that Star Wars came out, I didn't have a sense that there would be more after Return of the Jedi. You know, that was kind of a trilogy. It told the story. So maybe they're sequels, but they stopped. They hit a point. They done, they're done. Indiana Jones, I guess it could have kept going from Last Crusade. It was only in the years that followed that it felt like a trilogy. And it did keep going. We got other sequels that break that up. Um, a movie that I think is curious or a series, a movie series that, that I'm curious about because I feel like this was a trilogy and this might have been just the second example of a trilogy that I can come up with from my childhood after Star Wars. Um, and I'm assuming you're a fan of it. Um, do you like, as three movies, uh, the Back to the Future trilogy? Um, that's a weighted question for me. Um, I do like the Back to the Future movies. Um, but I am a I'm an interesting Back to the Future fan because I there's a hole for me because I don't know Back to the Future two as well as I should. It's, really, I've only seen it completely one time. Really, I've seen parts of it uh, several other times, but it's it is the movie I have I have this big Back to the Future hole. And, and and this is really the first time I'm admitting it, and I'm so ashamed, Tim. I'm very ashamed. Wow. Well, because what we're talking about today is actually going to be Back to the Future Part Three, which I have seen like 
15 times. Now, why? No. <laughs> so, this, see, this throws me way off because I, I was going to this thinking we're going to have a hard time talking about the third one because everybody loves the first one. We could do a whole episode on that, but that's been done. The second one, I thought we we're going to be gushing about the second one. But you're, why did you keep going back to part three? I don't know. I, I didn't go back to part three. Part well, why have three you seen it more coming, than part two? It kept coming to me. Um, <laughs> it did. So there was a period of two or three years, maybe four or five years, where I just kept running into part three. It would be what was played on cable, and it was what I would sit and watch. Um, there was probably a time where I saw it more than the the first one just like, by nature of it being on tv or just by nature of it being on tv it? and me not having access to 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 choice um i would watch it and so there was probably a time where it's like okay now i've seen this eight to twelve times but i've only seen back to the future four times and so um that's obviously changed but yeah i had seen three quite a bit quite a lot and it worked for me um, as Did it feel was, connected as to was. the first one? Did it feel like this was an ongoing story? It, it, it felt connected just in that it was the same characters. It didn't feel like something that happened in in the first one pushed it along. Um, it, it just is like, okay, here's here's the DeLorean, here's the scientist, here's here's Marty McFly. So when was the last time you think you've seen it? Oh, years ago. Um, I don't even think I've seen it in the 21st century. Oh, really? I don't think so. I think the last time I saw it all the way through, because I probably have seen clips here and there on TV, um, I watched it with an audio commentary when the box set first came out, and that was probably 2006 or something. Mm, okay. And even then, it just felt like this is, by that point, it felt like such a small, quaint movie. Like, it's fine. And we talk about good memory, bad memory. It is a good memory for you. Yeah, totally good memory for me. Um, I would, like I said, I'd watch it when it was on. It was often when I was at, um, other people's houses cause they had HBO or Cinemax, whatever it would have been on. This was uh, the one that showed the most. That's the one that I saw the most for sure. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go check out, we'll watch, uh, and see if we can make sense of, uh, 1990s back to the future part two, three, three. Thank you. Boy, I would have enjoyed it otherwise. <laughs> do you want to do that again? Three. No. <laughs> just, oh, my God. That's just you just don't know. You do not want to do it again. OK. From out of the West, in a cloud of dust, a thunder of hooves, and a mighty... Great Scott. I know this is heavy. And then... This summer, Marty and Doc go back one more time for their greatest adventure of all. Doc's living in the past. Just try it, Tanner! But he's about to be history. What kind of a future do you call that? I'm going back to 1885 and I'm bringing you home. As I watch the movie, and we can talk about some of the points throughout, feel like, and again, this is without me having an immediate remembrance or viewing of part two, I feel like part three probably purposefully tries to hit a lot of the same beats that happened in part one. When he walks into the diner, but in here now it's a saloon, and he orders the wrong kind of drink um, and gets everybody to laugh at him. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of little 
mimics of that. Um, but those, I mean, that happens in part two as well. There's the reoccurring thing when he walks in the cafe 80s. There's the reoccurring thing of waking up and saying, you're my, you're my, who are you? Like, they're, 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 those things repeat. But the, 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 the structure of the movie, and I'm saying this because we, I think we saw it with The Last Crusade a little bit. I think you see it with Return of the Jedi. After a very different feeling middle part, part two, part three in a lot of ways is, is a retelling of the first one. Yeah. Well, why do you think that happens in trilogies? Why is that lazy storytelling? Is that the nature of storytelling? I don't know, but it's strange. The, the examples you give, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I would be curious to know. I know a few of them weren't planned as trilogies. Like when I hear trilogy, I I expect a story. I feel like Back to the Future, maybe, maybe it wasn't at the onset in the writing of the first one. But then soon thereafter, it was planned to be a trilogy. Well, two and three are written very interconnected. They reference each other. But I, I, no, I, I, I don't think it was meant to be. Or at least it wasn't meant to be this trilogy. Because there are elements that are created for the characters in part two and three that aren't there in the first part. This whole thing of Marty not wanting to be called Chicken was interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask if, new. if that comes up in, in part two. Nope. I mean, you can retroactively figure it out. You can maybe see that the reason he stands up to Biff and everything in the first 1955 is because of that, but it's not explicitly stated the way that it's slammed over your head in this. Oh my God. Yeah. We, we get sort of a more of a backstory of Doc. I mean, this is what, what I think is kind of like The Last Crusade with Indiana Jones. Who Doc is in this third one is a different character from who he is in the first one. Some of that could be because he's the older one that we didn't spend much time to, but we get more of a backstory. We get a love story for him with this character of Clara. We get a little bit of his family history, his love for Jules Verne. Suddenly he he's all about exploration. They're interesting traits, but they weren't there before. Retroactively, we can attach it to the doc from before to make it work, to make it connect. And that's not bad. That's just how it's told. But but he's a different, he and Marty are different characters in this than they were in the first one, going through a lot of the same motions. And you're you're curious why these the third movies seem to mimic the first in, in all of those examples. Sort of, because I feel like the momentum, there's a, and I, uh, the idea was to not talk about part two, because we were talking about part three. <laughs> but there, there was a forward momentum in part two that drops off. Because here's the thing, I like the quiet start. Like these movies are very go go go. They're they're very action paced. They're very on the move. Marty's always running and falling and stumbling. So I like that this one. It's the you know the rainstorm finally hits. You know the the light the clock tower was struck by lightning. The rainstorm rolls in. Marty I guess drove Doc home. We get a nice kind of segue into the house. Quiet music. A chance to kind of everyone's asleep. These characters are actually exhausted. Like, I like that. It's a nice breather. Very quickly, the movie needs to be needs to start moving again. Because all of a sudden, um, Marty wakes up. Doc forgot he was there. It gets very goofy. This is why it's not the same Doc. He trips on the, the hoverboard. He hits the, the organ in the house. So he's playing creepy music as Marty comes at him. Just so they can recreate the future boy scene from the first one. But he is the... He is a scientist. He knows he's going to invent time travel. He just helped someone travel back through time. Why is it so inconceivable that Marty could be there again? They have to re they're resetting Doc Brown at a level where he doesn't believe Marty 
when it's like he just spent a pretty intense week from the first movie, 1955, with Marty. He sent him back to the future. It just it's 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 funny, and it's familiar. It's repeating the plots of the first one, but there's no momentum with the character. Doc should be starting to understand what's going on. Oh, for sure. This is just kind of a funny, cartoonish take. There's a lot of mugging from Marty. He ends up reading the letter that Doc Doc sent Marty a letter from the past. As Doc reads it, you get to see Marty react. He's wearing a prop from the first one. There's just we're supposed to be laughing at all of this. And it just feels different from the first time we saw the same set of the same story. And I think some of the humor is from the repetition, like you were saying, with the repetition of this is time repeat repeating itself. But it's just so overdone in this one, I feel like. I mean, what you said you were confused coming to the movie, yes? Well, just <clears throat> just the initial, you know, um, I couldn't recall what happened at the end I, of, of uh, part two. I so they don't explain that well? See, I feel like they explain it pretty well. I mean, they explain it w- pretty well uh, with that letter, especially. That really walks you through a lot of it. Um but I don't I, – I still don't know, even from having watched it just now, I still don't know what happened that physically put Doc in the car and in the past. Like I can't recall what happened in, in two. I get that that's what happened and that that's where he is, but I can't recall from not having seen two in quite some time um, what actually happened. Do you need to know or are you able to follow? No, I'm able totally to follow? able to follow. I don't. I don't need to know. I feel like it does give you enough. It does kind of walk you through the plot. And I thought that was clever. And it's a, it's a different way of getting a, 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 a trilogy, a saga. But as the movie starts moving forward, I very quickly just felt like this movie is just their caricatures. Like what sets this movie in motion? In part two, the, the Doc Brown that's from 1985 got sent back to 1885, stranding Marty in the present. So in 1885, Doc hid the DeLorean in a mine shaft or wrote a letter that was delivered to Marty in 1955 saying, here's where the car is. Here's how you send yourself back to the future. So he's setting it up to get Marty back to 1985 saying, I'm doing fine in the past. Don't worry about me. Get back to the present. When the dock of 1955 and Marty go to dig this car out and get it all set. Cause at that point they can send Marty back to 1985. Copernicus the younger version of uh, Einstein, Doc's dog, spots a tombstone with Emmett Brown's name on it. This movie is reliant on that. It's reliant on having a dog that can read. This is my master's name. Brown is a pretty common last name, but he's pretty sure it's Emmett Brown. But two, everything that's been going on in all the other Back to the Futures, and there's some contradiction to this, Doc is worried about knowing the future. Doc originally rips up the letter that Marty gives him in 1955, eventually comes around on it and tapes it together, but he rips it up. He doesn't want to know his future. No one should know too much about their future. Finds out he was shot in the past, which, by the way, would happen. He lives in the past. (laughs) He would be dead by that point. But all of a sudden, it's okay to go back and save him. Yeah. I mean, I think they said you might have missed then uh, because I think they set that up okay. Um, he is living his dream life. The letter talks about how wonderful it is. Don't worry about me. Don't come back and help me. I'm, I'm six months is, or eight months, something like that. He this says is fine. Yeah, that's how long he'd been there. Um, the letter had a date on it, 
um, and I can't remember what the date was, but the date on the tombstone was only seven days after the letter was sent. And so the, the crux there, especially for Marty, and I think, obviously, like you said, Doc Brown probably shouldn't have allowed it, but I think he was was taken with this letter of such a wonderful place, I'm living such a great life, but he only gets to live it for a week. He only lived it for a week because he died a week later. And so I think that's really what pushes everybody to try and go back and save him. And I can't recall if Marty made a really strong argument uh, or not. <laughs> well, to... Doc is bothered to find out that he's dying. They find out that he's going to get shot in the back by a, a Buford Tannen. We're also shown that uh, there was a that he had a love interest named Clara who paid for the tombstone. But here's the thing. So the Doc Brown in 1955... Let's assume he's in his, I don't know, his 40s. Like, you want to say in 1955, Doc Brown's, what, 40, 45 years old? Sure. I've never really placed an age on him. Yeah, but let's let's figure this out or yeah. give it some assignment and, and guesswork on it. <laughs> okay. If he's 40 in 1955, in the original Back to the Future, he's 70 when he builds the time machine. So from his point in 1955, that's 30 years into the future of his life. That's 30 years. Plus, who knows how long Doc was traveling around time before he came back to set up Parts 2 and Part 3. This is far into the Emmett Brown's future from 1955 that he's going to die in the past. 70 is an old age to reach. Some people live further, some people don't. But the point of the matter is the life... The path his life took goes a long way, gets him back to 1800s, and he ends up being shot in the back. He's going to die. <laughs> like He's not immortal. To, to, to Doc Brown of 1955, yes, it's shocking to know that he died because of how the time stream worked. The year of his date is in the past, but it's still far in his future. I think we all need to accept that we're all going to die. And it's odd to me that he's willing to risk Marty's safety He's willing to risk the time stream safety. He's knowing that a lot has transpired <laughs> with these movies. It's odd that selfishly he's like, well, go back and save me so I can live another, what, five years? Ten years? <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of time. It is. And and, and you're right. The, the Doc Brown that's <clears throat> pushing him to do this still has 35 years or so to get to even the point where he does die. The Doc Brown of that era also now knows everything that Marty knows. He also now knows that when he comes back and goes through this whole route again, he's going to somehow get stuck in 1955. The machine's going to go back in time. He has all the knowledge that put Doc back into 1885. He could avoid it just with this knowledge. He could hold on to this knowledge for all of time. He doesn't have to put Marty into a risk because here's the thing. He has his whole life. He's going to have to go through all these events. It's a logic flaw that comes out of thinking about it. So I think... <laughs> It's a fun it's, movie. It's a flaw that comes out of thinking about it. Well, because the, the right. real argument is if Marty doesn't go back to save Doc, we don't have a part three. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we wouldn't... Any any movie based in, in the reality of what the best decision would be based on the characters as we know them isn't going to turn into an enjoyable movie because then you don't get into the madcap adventures that you get into. But the key there is enjoyable movie. Like, I'm willing to flub some of that if, if we're getting a movie, a worthy movie out of it. Right. I'll just say right now, I don't think we needed part three. I don't think we needed this part three. I think 
you know, do you talking, like the old West? Do you like that as an angle for um, where they go? I don't necessarily know. I don't mind the old West. I get why you go to the old West. It's the third choice. You got your present and your recent past, and then you've got your future. And so you got to go distant past. Um, so it makes sense. What, what bugs me about it is uh, this is, this was their decision to make these movies so quickly together. Um, you know, the producers and the writers, the filmmakers. And I feel like, and again, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I feel like the second one had some thought to it and it was more of an adventure and, and, and a lot of time travel and two Martys at the same location, all that cool stuff. And then this one seems like, okay, we've made the decision to make three. What's the third one going to be about? And it's just, it, to me, it seems very tacked on. I think it is. Yeah, because it's like, we got to do it now. We don't know when we'll get Michael J. Fox again. He's got his TV show. Christopher Lloyd could die at any moment. He seems so old. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning being. I mean, obviously, you want to keep Marty around the same age because his adventure only is like a few weeks within this. I don't know if it's a few weeks. I haven't never done the timeline, but I meant to do that before. Yeah, I meant to figure that out. It's you can easily figure it out. I just don't know what it is at the moment. Yeah, but it's not. So he's got to look like he's a kid still, you know. Um, and so I get why they wanted to do Back to the Future was a big hit. So of course you want sequels, and the more sequels you can get, the more money you can make. But it does feel like the third one was rushed and tacked on. It doesn't quite flow like you're saying. It's not the same characters. That you know, it's almost like, and I've seen this happen before. That's it's they've done it with the Die Hard movies. It's where you take an existing spec script that isn't necessarily about this these characters in the story, but it's a cool uh, time travel story, and then you just sort of poke and push and prod and get the characters we know into it. I don't know if that's happened. I haven't done the research on that aspect of it, which is why people tune in to find out all these great facts that we don't know. Well, here's (laughs) part of what I've read, at least, was they had a script for part two. They had an idea for part two. Basically, a similar plot where they go into 2015, all the same stuff happens. Biff goes back to the 60s, inadvertently interrupting the night that Marty's parents were to conceive Marty. So instead of taking place again in the 50s, it would be in the 60s. Marty would be dressed as a flower child. It would be trying to get his parents basically to have sex. (laughs) I don't know who pitched Let's Do a Trilogy. Maybe it's like you're saying that we want to make more. Let's figure it out. And it's an interesting idea. I mean, you've got a fucking time machine. You can go anywhere. (laughs) It shouldn't be hard to come up with a story. Yeah, agreed. And there's just there isn't really a story here. So not an enjoyable movie for you to watch. No, it wasn't. I liked it as a kid. I, I liked it a lot, and I watched it a lot, and I enjoyed it. Um, but this time around, no, it it was not not a good time. It was one of those that uh, um, I was checking my phone during portions of it. It's like, no, oh, let me read this article that somebody posted. Um, and, and, you know, that's also familiarity. I know it. I knew what was happening. I knew what was going on. So it's not like I was hanging on every word, but a good movie, you still do. Like if this were Back to the Future, the, the first one, I wouldn't be checking my phone. I'd be watching that damn movie. It's so great. Um, but yeah, three is just this, this retread, except in the Old West, tacked on thing. Uh, a few decent set pieces, I guess. 
Um, and then, what like, are you were the set pieces in this. Out of curiosity, what is because it, again, it has that quiet start. But what, like, what are the exciting moments? Yeah, there, now that I'm saying that out loud and thinking about it, there aren't too many. Um, when when Marty goes into the bar and and meets uh, uh, what what what's a Tannen's bulldog Tannen oh, Mad Dog Mad Dog Tannen, um, and meets him. And then there's a bit of a scuffle, and, and he's got to get out of there. There's there's a bit of fun action there, and then he gets wrapped up, and then Doc comes and saves him. That 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 was a fun little bit. Sure. Um, it also mimics a scene we've seen before, but that, that's that. what we're expecting from these movies. Yeah. Um, but then, you know what? I can't think of the second. I don't know if there's another one until the end with the train. And the train sequence is exciting. Like, that's fun. It's all models and stuff. I mean, I think this movie... I mean, it's it's all character development, you know, where Doc meets Clara, meets meets a woman that he falls in love with. So we're seeing Doc interact with another character, which we never see. We only ever see him interact with Marty. So that, that's kind of interesting. And we're seeing him develop a softer side. We're seeing him fall for oh, someone. Uh, saving Clara. That was the other set piece. Okay. Yeah. They, so Clara is a school teacher who came to the town. And uh, he's Doc, who is now very much part of the town, has volunteered to go pick her up. So he and Marty go to pick her up, and I forget—I guess they're late getting there or something. Yeah, she—I don't get it exactly because they never really do pick her up. They—they they meet her when she's on a wagon uh, with runaway horses, and they have to chase it down and get her off the wagon before it falls over the cliff. Well, here it's—it's it's a logic flaw. The—I the, the, can explain to you how that happens. But for that, the, here's the thing, and we'll get back to what we were just talking about. The logistics of time travel are weak in this movie mm. because there's something that happens in how they retrieve Clara that somebody who's involved, I'm not sure who, shouldn't be remembering something that happens. As it's set up in Back to the Future Part 3, when Marty comes back in time to the 1880s and he finds Doc, Doc has started a life as a blacksmith. So he's actually living, it's an alternate past now. Because there was once a past of Hill Valley that Doc wasn't part of. Right. He has since gone back. So now he's an integral part of the town. He's helping it out. He's well known. And one of the things that he's volunteering to do is to pick up the new school teacher. Doc, who wasn't there the first time that the past happened, but is now there this time, is going to pick someone up from the train station, Clara. This is important to know because the very first stream of history, the very first 1885 that Doc wasn't a part of. Is that making sense? Yes. Clara, this teacher, supposedly arrives in town, and on her way to town, no one picked her up. No one was there to meet her. She took a horse. The horse got scared of somehow, and she fell. She ran over a ravine and died in the ravine. Right. Marty knows this story because he says all the, every kid knows the story about a school teacher falling in the ravine. It's called Clayton Ravine. Everybody knows it because you know you have a teacher you wish to go there. So there's a there's a tragic history to Hill Valley of the school teacher who died in a ravine. That's the first time 1885 occurred. Through the course of Back to the Future Part 2, Doc Brown gets sent back to 1885. And that's the Doc Brown we see in this movie where he set up shop. He has a life there. And in that time, in that second 1885, Doc volunteered to pick up the teacher, therefore changing something. Because instead of her having to find a ride to town herself and her horse getting spooked and falling into a ravine, into a ravine, Doc actually goes, he accompanies her back to town, and they actually fall in love. 
And we know this because she's the one who ultimately pays for the tombstone when, when Doc dies. Now, what's happening in the part three that we're watching is we now have a third 1885. We have the original one. We have the one that Doc went back to and got shot in where he saved Clara's life. And now we have one where Marty goes back to try to change things. Now, in Marty going to change things, he delays Doc's going to pick up Clara. So Clara starts and embarks on riding the town herself, which would be similar to the original timeline, which means her horse is going to get spooked and she's going to fall into the ravine. That gives us the exciting segment of Doc and Marty seeing this rushing and, and saving her. Yeah. Does that make sense? All making sense. Okay. So what's odd about that, and this is what one of the things about these movies that is interesting to me is, is trying to figure this stuff out, because I'm sure there's a, a logic in here I'm missing. The original 1885, as it was, where she died, Marty in 1985, Doc in 1985, they know that story. When Doc went back in time the first time, he changed that story because he saved her life. Doc's displaced. He's the one who caused the event, so it makes sense if he figured that out. Marty's not there when it happens. Marty is in 1955, but there's also a Marty in 1985. So as the ripple of time moves forward, he shouldn't remember the first Clayton Ravine because there's now no timeline where she died. So somehow he's remembering that, and he shouldn't. That shouldn't be something on his head. This is probably not going to make it into the episode. It's just something that I thought I was watching. Trying it's to funny, though, out. because that moment where they talked about the naming of the ravine, um, that's when I turned to my wife because she was watching it with me. And I was like, wait a minute. That can't. That doesn't make. What? Huh? Also, it did strike you. It as weird. totally struck me. It's it's a little bit of a of a mess there. It totally did stand out as as I'm suddenly a little lost on the timelines. Well, it also creates a nightmare world where you can never get back to your timeline. I mean, that's already happened. Marty, and they don't talk about this in the first Back to the Future or any of these, he doesn't know the family he lives with anymore. He doesn't know Jennifer anymore because they all know however that person would be raised by happy parents. Yeah. This is, I think, a type of conversation for an entirely different episode because we could go on forever. Um with 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 the intricacies of of this movie's this trilogy's time travel, but that's the thing. That's what you could have done in the third yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm the saying. thing. That's the third one doesn't give you any of that. It gives you um, a little like normal kind of Wild West story in between some time travel moments, and it's the plot of the first one again with Marty and Doc's roles reverse. So yeah, it's I can only watch this movie thinking about what came before it. Like, it's a companion piece to part two. It's kind of like part two is a four-hour movie. Because in but that see, sense... Yeah, I wish it was more like that. I don't feel like it is like that. Well, because you have an ongoing storyline with Marty being called Chicken, and this movie has a re resolution for that. So that was in two? Yes, that started in part two. Okay. So the the flea um, crash, does, it, does that happen in two? Uh, it's a reference. The whole reason uh, Marty... Marty's future is how it is, is because of that car accident. Okay. It, that just so happens to occur the day he comes back from but the Flea end of this wasn't, movie. But Flea wasn't in a, uh, a second. He is. He's in there oh, as Flea an older is. man. Okay. Got it. Okay. But that's the thing. Like, all that's created for part two to validate a story in part three, which you can do. That's fine. Empire Strikes Back did it. It gave us stuff that wasn't existing in Star Wars. But part three doesn't play with things the way it could. 
like the conversation that we had that just made no sense about Clara, you could play with those things. Like it would be interesting to maybe examine Marty's view of how time has changed or doesn't change around him. Like that's a route you can go. And yet it kind of plays it safe. Did you make it to the end of this movie only because you had to watch it for the podcast? Uh, yes. Oh, I made wow. it to the movie because you told me to. You used to love this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I would always much rather watch the first one. But I had seen this one a lot simply because it was the one that played when I had nothing else to do. After part two came out and once part three came out, I always saw them as all one movie. I used to enjoy them all as one movie. I had a hard time watching this. It's quaint. It's cute. But it just seemed so far-fetched, so caricaturist. Yeah. Like the only really, and this I feel like they don't play with this enough, but an element of this movie that that I do like, and something I wish they had kind of played with more, is I feel like the way that it's filmed and the way that it's talked about, the DeLorean time machine is the is like the antagonist of this movie. <laughs> Like, I feel like Doc talks has a lot of regret about it existing. He calls it an infernal machine or he, or something like that because of heartbreak he gets from Clara. I feel like it's always filmed menacingly. There's all these weird angles with music cues from weird different points of view, or even when they uncover it in the mind shaft. I kind of like that. I kind of like that this thing, go, like, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. But that's you projecting that on there. I don't that's think that's... That's what I'm getting out of the movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's, but I'm getting it out of somewhere. How that's it's good. Filmed. Like, and that makes it interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I, it's it's but pretty that, shocking when it gets hit by the train. I remember in the oh, theater yeah. jumping. Like, it wasn't expected. It's, yeah. it's the one death in the trilogy. And it was like, it was a big deal. Like, that was probably the moment that I actually was like, I paused and actually paid attention as he walked through the, the wreckage. Um, but then that none of that really even pays off because then what does Doc do? He turns around and, and makes another time machine. I kind of like the end of the movie where he shows up with the train. Like, if you really look at it, the first one, the first one where, when they build a time machine and Marty goes back and he interrupts his parents from getting together and he has to get them back together, that storyline is all about predestination. He upset what was supposed to happen and he has to get it back on track or he ceases to exist. Part two is all about cause and effect. Like the very B-movie science kind of thing. But it's all about alternate timelines. Because Biff did one thing, 1985 is different. Because it's different, I'm now in prison and you're here. We have to go kind of change all this. So it's about how the events we do play out. And the, the, the ripple effect of that. Part three, ultimately, is all kind of about... And this is why I like the end of it. It's a, it's, it's a bit of a, a Mary Poppins kind of speech. But part three is all about free will. You know, kind of how we, we have our own actions, our own future. This whole thing where it's like Doc was destined to die when he went to 1885. He wasn't supposed to be there, but his going back there, his destiny was to be shot in the back. Marty went back and changed that. And you can because we have a right to it. Discredits the time continu- continuum idea, sort of. But it, 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 it's making it more of a family film. It's a more hopeful. It's giving a resolution that the other movies didn't have. And that's what your third part should do. So I like looking at them in those separate pieces. I think the mistake is part three is just not interesting. Yeah. And it's also, of the three of them, it's the most family film of the three, I think. It has the least amount of language. It does. It's not a complicated plot. It's kind of like 
Ghostbusters 2 to Ghostbusters. You know, like I like, I love Ghostbusters. And at the time I loved Ghostbusters 2, but to go back to it now, I think we would see it's, it's the cartoon. It's a cartoon version of the original. It's like a, a, a dumbing down or something to give sort of a, a, a finale and, and a family feel to it. And that might be what's wrong with this. Or not wrong, but why this one doesn't quite work to me. Yeah, I, I see that for sure. It is it is more of the family friendly, um, the the cash grab in a way where it's like let's let's make this as open to as many audiences as possible. And then you know you you throw in ZZ Top and they're rotating guitars, <laughs> and yeah. Well, but you throw in Huey Lewis when he's playing Power Love in the first one. I mean, it's it's. But see, if that, here's if the that thing. was the biggest problem in the movie, that would be a fine. <laughs> giant problem to have oh it's easy tops in this <laughs> it would be if you're right if 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 it was a better movie and it did have the spinning guitars i guess i could look past that in the old west but it's not and so that just makes it worse so is it disappointing that part three doesn't hold yes up? It it's is disappointing that i have it's not i was gonna say it's disappointing that i have all three um in that in that box set but it's not it's not that bad uh, but it is because it's like there's no point in watching i mean i i want to see part two i again i haven't seen that in a while and i i um abided your request and i didn't watch it um, thank you um sorry but, but now i do want to go back and watch it because i do remember that being more enjoyable part two um, is amazing i love part two part two is so exciting it's so Here's some crazy theories. It's so much using of the time machine mechanics. You know what else is pretty awesome and amazing? Part one, oh, which is right? really just called Back to the Future. They're two very good movies. Part two can exist without part one. It needs part one. And part two sets up the need for a third one. Like it gives you a cliffhanger and that's fine, but I can, I know cause I used to, I think part two is the one I've seen the most. I can sit down and just watch that. I know how part three goes and I know how part one goes, but, but yeah, part three, I just, it's needed because you set the movies up to be a trilogy. Well, again, you only set them up to be a, tr- well, no, that's not true. Cause I forget the part, part one ends with with we got to go back to the future yeah this must be hard because you haven't seen part two in a while but yeah i think when you watch part two you're going to see a lot is set up like they were pieced together in conjunction with each other they weren't pieced together in conjunction with the first one and the filmmakers will tell you that as much as it's a plot point in it well they said one of the biggest mistakes in how they ended the first one is that jennifer went with them because now you have to deal with jennifer being there and they do and they get a plot out of it but like so they, they didn't make part one thinking we'll do all this time travel stuff plus it's risky you're setting up a i mean it's a fantastic world but it's kind of like if you're going into a near future you have to think that if this movie is going to last you're going to hit that period sometime yeah i mean maybe not maybe nobody thinks what's going to happen in 30 years and why should you but were there trilogies in the 80s that were devised to be that Meaning they knew from part one, and maybe we talked about this in the first part a little bit, like that's what happens with this. They decide to make a trilogy. They want to tell a bigger story, and in doing so, they have to make it three movies worth. I mean, is there anything ever outside of now, like the Avengers movies and, and you know, comic book franchises, are there ever 
movies that that start like even the matrix was that always going to be three movies or is it just the success of the first one demands more and and we're we're glorifying and we should there it's an amazing experiment but the marvel movies did not start out to be what they were and they weren't they were i think we would find they're more made up on the fly than we think hmm. like you can find a lot of contradictions in those stories but they still had the idea that this was a group of characters that would continue this adventure. Yes, and I'm wondering, it's a. It's also from another source. They have the Infinity War saga, Infinity Gauntlet saga, from the comics to build off of. True. But also, each movie is telling a story. They're not just setting up the next one. When something should be as tightly knit, I guess, as a Back to the Future trilogy. Like, if Part 3 had come out three years after Part 2... Right. I think it would have been a different movie. Oh, it would have been, hopefully, much better. But the trilogies that really stand out in my mind are Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and this. And of those three trilogies, this one it does seem to be the most coherently connected story. Oh, for sure. Which is weird because we're not liking it. <laughs> We don't like a third of that story. Yeah. That's we and it's the last third. Well, again, it's it's because they knew they were going to do two more and because they knew they had time travel, they did make some effort to stretch out some of those storylines and character developments across the two movies. Um it's just that they didn't have the story like we've been saying. They didn't have a, a decent enough story to engage you to get to the the last few scenes that tie it all together. There's enough. And that's why, again, I think watching all three in a row, part three works. Because I know I've done that before in the past. And there's some character development. And you, that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of goodwill for these two characters. Based on very little character development. This always blows my mind. Same thing with Indiana Jones. There's very little character development in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Temple of Doom, there's a little, but not much. There's very little character development in the original Back to the Future. We like how these two characters interact, or maybe we like how these two actors interact. I don't know. I don't know how deep the character of Marty or Doc really was in Back to the Future. Yeah. But it's fun and enjoyable. Back to the Future Part 2, they're, they're doing something different. So we're seeing these same characters dropped into an entirely new situation, even though it's repeating beats of the first one like literally because they go back to the first one in it that's exciting it's this third one similar to last crusade from the indiana jones trilogy and also with return of the jedi and darth vader and that this third one all of a sudden gives us the character development gives us docs and i mean if you watch part two you're going to hear docs say stuff about the old west you're going to hear docs docs say stuff about not understanding women that plays into this so they knew where they were heading but everything that makes this says character arc happens in the third one so there's no story there's just the idea that we want love these characters and that we want to know more which is true we always want to know more about our heroes but do we need to and I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot you could have done with these characters. There's a lot you could have done with a third one. There's no reason you can't have a fun trilogy. I'm not saying it's easy to write. And I'm not saying part three wasn't a feat. There's a lot going on with it. But it's just, it's not a time period I'm interested in. And there's the stakes are not, 
the stakes were too high maybe in the last one, but they're just not there for this. Yeah, it's not there. And then, yeah, like they, they try and put it there with Clara um, at the end. Because honestly, if if they just moved on, like if Clara hadn't shown up, everything would have just worked out just fine. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so yeah. And we wouldn't have a movie yet. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Um, so is this a good reality or a bad reality for you? Um, it's, it's, I guess it's bad. Bad is so harsh. Um, but it, it is, uh, not the memory I have. I I enjoyed it more then. How about you? Um, it's a bad reality for me. It's a bad. Okay. It's like this thing. It's, and it's perfectly enjoyable and it works well with the other two, but as, as a movie on its own, I, I, I would not have watched this on its own. Yeah. If we weren't doing an episode about it. Does that deflate the idea of Back to the Future for you at all? I mean it deflates it the idea of it as a trilogy. It doesn't deflate it as as the 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 pinnacle of uh, you know that that first movie is just, you know, I'll always love that, but I don't I don't see it as a trilogy anymore. And I I sort of wasn't seeing it as a trilogy for a while, I always just see it as Back to the Future. I've been trying to get my kids to watch Back to the Future so we can watch the other ones. I've been interested in doing that. And and the only way I was able to do it is is because of the podcast. Now, what do you think is for them in Back to the Future? We've talked about that, I think. We did. Uh, okay. Already. But uh, yeah, I think, there's, I think there's humor. There's, there's a lot of humor. Fish out of water humor. Even if you don't get all the references, I think you get enough that, that you can enjoy it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm... I would love to watch part two now. I have to now. I think it'll be my third time seeing it. That's so weird to me because it is the, it's the one I've seen the most. And it doesn't work like the first one. The first one has more of the emotional excitement and you're really rooting for these people and it's big and all. But it's so great. It's so bizarre. And it just shows that they had other ideas, I guess. Just not enough for three. No. And hopefully we had enough for an episode. I think, we, I think we had plenty. Really? Okay. We can always go back in time and redo it, though. That's true. And if we do redo it, you know where you can find it? <laughs> you can find it at the Not A Holograms homepage of NAHpods.com. That's where. That's all. It's where episodes of this show, 20th Century Pop, are posted, most recent as well as past episodes, as well as some other podcasts I do. Um, you can subscribe to the show there, however it is you listen to podcasts. I would beg of you, listener, to share this show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I We have an audience, but I'm just, I, I want to get more discussion out there. I want to kind of, what am I doing here? I don't know. Lonely. You're appeasing, you're appeasing to our, ah. our, our few Uh-oh. fans. To, oh, to try God, that was awful. That was so desperate. Spread it out. It's not that desperate. Spread it out. That's desperate. Spread the word. Hey, share, listeners. Share oh, the link. spread the word. Yeah. Yes, and spread it on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> at 20 Popcast or at the website. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, we were doing so adequate. <laughs> <laughs> we were. We really were. Um, but you, where can, do you want people you following you? had to go you? and ask for an audience, Tim. How dare you? Well, I just that's a rude thing to ask your audience. <laughs> that's the thing. Whoever is listening to this part is listening to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jarf. And whoever else might be. That's the thing. Like they're thanks, Bob. They're listening. They're doing the part. 
that I'm asking them to get someone else to do. And that's that's not their responsibility. No. They're not public relations. They're not craft cheese trying to promote some new <laughs> cheese. <laughs> or maybe reinstate the interest in that old cheese that nobody cares about anymore. They're the actual people who we're talking to, and I appreciate that. Why am I so greedy to get our, our digits into the 50s? <laughs> what? Because I think it's because we've, we've got things we want to talk about, and we want to share it, and I think we want to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think what we're saying or what we're trying to say is, is I don't think we feel like people need to hear it necessarily although we'd well, love for them not, to let's not make that public i'm just no i want to mean that's is, not a tagline is like we want we want no. we want to talk with others about what we've been talking about that's what i think we want to see that's what i, I always talk say to you about it that's what i always sure. say at the end i want people to find me on twitter at rh canning yes comment on how dumb i must be for not having seen part two more often uh and and comment on how the Clara's Valley plays into the whole timeline. Um, you want yeah. to open up a social media platform to judging you? Like I, I, I guess it was a bad idea, huh? Yeah, it's not the best. Not the. Well, I mean, it's 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 a use of it. <laughs> Good luck. Well, we're That's, in uh, at RH Canning. <laughs> hashtag. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Hashtag. Uh, but to the future. But to the future. Hashtag. Not my part. I don't know. I got nothing. Well, here. there's also our our, our twenty podcast, uh, twenty century pop. Yeah, Twitter twenty podcast handle. That twenty pop. You, you can you also go. judge Bob at at twenty podcast. That's true on Twitter. It'd or be better post to judge of what me you there. think he looks like on Instagram. Also at twenty podcast. <laughs> It'd be better to judge uh, us on the podcast because then you can enjoy the conversation as well. I'm not going to enjoy anybody judging you. I think that'd be harsh. All right. Thank you. That, was that kind? That actually, I meant to be, but it, didn't, it sounded a little mean. I'm sorry. Because um, maybe they're judging you well. Maybe they like you. I'm gonna uh, guess. By the yeah. way, and I'll go out on this. I'm gonna say, uh, let's say we have uh, 90 listeners. 78 of those listeners, 79, because I count my mom. <laughs> probably prefer you. Probably oh. prefer hearing what you are have to say, and, and then they, they know that I'm gonna, you know, introduce the so, show. They know I'm going to talk longer than I should about something in my notes to sound like I wrote an essay. And they know that I'm going to loathe myself. And they're, they're probably like, e- we don't need this. Do that on your time. Don't do that on the microphone. On the microphone. That's, uh... You know what we never talk about? Merchandise. And I applaud that. Because too many people will talk about the shirts they're going to make on their podcast. Well, I'm glad That's that a t-shirt we... they'll say for seven minutes. I'm glad we haven't planned any of that. Cafe Press. Yeah, well, we don't have a real logo, so we can't. No. no. You know, remember that uh, Remember that cartoon I drew of us uh, that I put into the When Harry Met Sally poster? Yeah, I always avoid bringing that up because uh, that's from three years ago. And <laughs> I never came of that. But yeah, of course I remember. That was that was going to be the logo. <laughs> I that very was... much enjoy that, that picture. I know we can't use it. But we I love use it. You drew it. I love that it's uh, uh you yeah, drew but it. but I threw what did I I threw you a, threw the a digital bites away. I pulled I I I should still have it somewhere. But it, I remember I put a Voltron in in place of the lamp post, and that's what you were like. I don't think we can use this because we put Voltron in there. Yeah, but the the thing that you actually drew we could use. I guess that's, that's true. The fine rendition that you did we could use. Or or and I'm not suggesting this because I did like that original one. 
you could do another one. Oh my gosh, I could do another a one. A second one. One without Voltron. I've seen a few logos without Voltron. I'll try. Can have like that. I'll Our logo right now do. has Gem, Darth Vader, She-Ra, and Optimus Prime in it. So yeah, I'm that... pretty sure Marvel <laughs> is coming after us for all of that except She-Ra. That's a Filmation Mattel product. All right, yeah, we should probably do something else. Huh. No, I, I actually have a couple ideas. Uh, what? Uh, That's great. It just popped into me, uh, into my head. What so I should something do. popped into you. I would like something well, to pop into bad me. time to go to the doctors, but maybe. I hope you cut most of this part I out. I probably will. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>